Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're sitting down with Randa Starnes of Tennessee River Music Company, a registered Hereford and Angus operation in Fort Payne, Alabama. Randa's talking about life on their family's cattle production farm, what it's like to grow up with a famous dad, and how they unexpectedly grew their operation with a new business venture. So here we go with Randa Starnes. All right, well, we are here today with Randa Starnes of Tennessee River Music Cattle Ranch in Fort Payne, Alabama. Randa, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you grew up showing cattle, like a lot of our listeners, but you actually had a very unique upbringing as well. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I guess my upbringing was a little different. Um, my dad is with the group Alabama. Uh, the country group Alabama, and uh, so that's kind of uh, all I ever knew growing up was, I guess, having a famous father, as everybody always said. Um, To me, he was just dad, Um, but definitely made things a little different growing up, Um, and even showing cattle, you know, going to different shows and everything. I guess everybody kind of already knew who I was when I got there, you know, I couldn't really sneak in and, and, um, just pop up. Everybody's would see dad come in and they're like, Oh no, she's here. There's Randa. I'm like, dang it. I just wanted to show up and leave and nobody know that I was here. And, you know, (laughs) um, but yeah, life was definitely different growing up with a, a celebrity, um, as a dad. Um, and I always say it's, kind of a blessing and a curse and I hate saying that because people think oh she's being ungrateful or it's just got such a negative connotation to it but um I think people always look at the good that goes with that and they don't ever really stop to think about the other side of it and how I don't know you know like when I would go places people already have their opinion formed of me maybe just because of being associated with my dad or oh well she must be like this because you know she's the daughter of Randy Owen um and that kind of stinks yeah you know Mm -hmm. um and and I think it's made me um who I am today and it's made me a better person so I'm appreciative of it because I look at things a lot differently than I think a lot of people would um because I've been on the other end of a lot of the conversations and, you know, people kind of talking behind your back or, like I said, they, they think that they know who you are or, you know, oh, she's just a snob or she's not very nice. And, like, I've never talked to that person in my life, you yeah. know, um, which I know a lot of people deal with that, not not just me, not just the kids of celebrities. Um, but it's really unfair, Um, and, um, not to be Debbie Downer, but I think there's just a whole other side to it that people don't ever really stop to think about, Mm -hmm. um, that these people have kids too. Um, and growing up in Fort Payne, um, I was very fortunate though. Um, I had wonderful friends. I went to a great school, so I wasn't ever really treated differently there, you know, um, and, uh, I guess by a few people maybe, but we won't name names. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, I, we are very fortunate to, to grow up, um, in a small town. Um, dad never was about the whole Nashville scene. You know, he loved growing up in Fort Payne, living on Lookout Mountain. Um, and I'm so thankful that we got to experience that as well growing up. Um, so we grew up in a small town on a cattle ranch and, um, that's how dad kind of wanted to raise us. So, yeah, but it, it's always been interesting. Um, <laughs> there is never a day that goes by that there's not some curveball thrown my way, um, being who I am, good and bad. Um, and like I said, there, I'm not dwelling on the bad. Um, I, I, my life has been wonderful, and I'm so blessed. Um, there is just that, that aspect that I always say I would love to write a book because there are so many times that we have been out and people will – they'll say something to me or to my dad and I stop and I'm like, I cannot believe that person just said that. But I think because they think that they know the life of a celebrity or their kids or that they're, they feel like they can say whatever they want to, you know, um, or the fact that I sit and read stuff about my dad sometimes and, you know, it hurts my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, not everybody has to deal with that. Not everybody has to see, you know, their dad's name, you know, all over the paper or the internet or something like that. Um, and so people, they just don't really realize and stop and think like these people have kids too, you know. So back to the showing uh, cattle side of things, I started when I was 11. Um, and growing up on the farm, I, I just, I loved it. I loved every aspect of checking cows and calving cows and feeding cows and, Um, never was much into sports or anything like that. And so my parents, um, being involved with youth activities and stuff in the Hereford Association, they asked me if, uh, you know, what I thought about showing cattle. And so I went up one summer, um, to junior nationals in, I think it was in Michigan in 1999 and just kind of checked it out and fell in love with it. And so, um, I started showing in 2000 um, and showed for 11 years. And I was fortunate enough to um, raise a national champion. And um, I bought and showed another national champion and several division winners and showed all across the country and made just some wonderful friends doing it um, that they're still some of my dearest friends today. And like we were talking about earlier, it's just so great how we could go anywhere in the country and if we ever broke down or needed help in another state, there would always be a friendly, smiling cattleman there, you know, to come save the day. Um, And so it's great. We just, we have friends all over um, and uh, several people that I still keep in touch with from showing. um, So it's wonderful. So you actually ended up then meeting your husband in college at Auburn Yes. Who has a similar background. Oh, yes, yes. Although he did show Angus cattle. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't hold that against him. No, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we both uh, grew up showing cattle in Alabama and um, both went to Auburn University and had uh, several of our undergraduate courses together and always kind of had our eye on each other. Um and then finally our senior year kind of started talking and realized we kind of both wanted the same things in life. Um, we both were animal science pre-vet undergrad um, 
and kind of decided we wanted to take a little different route and maybe go back to my family farm and, um, you know, raise our own cattle and that sort of thing. So um, we both graduated with our animal science degrees, went on to graduate school, and uh, John got his master's in ruminant nutrition, and I got mine in animal welfare. So we um, big-time Auburn Auburn family, I guess, uh-huh. <laughs> but very fortunate that we met back up at Auburn and um, could move back home to my family farm. So, yeah. So what has that been like? I mean, this was your childhood farm and now yeah. you're running it. Yeah. It's um, you look at it with completely different eyes when you move back home and suddenly everything's thrown in your lap and it's like, OK, now you do it. Um, and um, it's it's exciting and it's, it'll scare you to death all at the same time. (laughs) Um, and so, uh, you know, dad, he was saying, you know, he was really excited that we decided to come back, you know, and take over our family operation. Um, and then we, John and I both were very fortunate that we had a place to come back to. Um, but with that being said, you know, there's, you have to hit the ground running, you know. I mean, there's so much that we thought we knew six years ago coming out of school. You know, here we are. Oh, we have our we have our graduate degrees. We know everything. We've grown up on the farm. And then you come back, and like I said, it's, it's all up to you and your decision-making. And, um, you know, we, we always said we're never going to, you know, make a mistake just sitting on our hands. You know, we're going to mess up trying at least. Um, and so we've learned a lot in our six years, um, some good, some bad. Um, but, uh, but we're very, very fortunate that we had a place to come back to, um, you know, to raise our family and kind of live out our dreams. Definitely. And you said something earlier that I thought you, it was a great point that farmers, you use all these different skills on a daily basis. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, that's what I tell people. Um, I, you know, I, you use life skills, you use math, science, um, you know, any sort of business, you know, insights that you've learned in college or, um, you know, people skills. It's a people business, too. Um, and so, you know, every day it's a juggling act, you know, kind of what am I going to have to do today? Am I going to have to pull on my animal science degree? Am I going to have to lean a little more on ag finance? Am I going to have to lean a little more on my, you know, social marketing kind of skills? You know, so it's um, it encompasses so much um, and it's definitely not just a, a one track kind of thing. And I think a lot of people, at least for us, you know, they say, what do y'all do? Oh, well, you know, we run cattle. We run about 700 head. We do this. We do that. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. And people really, they don't stop to think, you know, what all um, it means to actually run an operation. Um, so it is, you know, every day. It's kind of what makes it exciting is you don't really know what each day will bring. So everything's kind of different. Um, and it makes it challenging as well, but it makes it fun, at <laughs> least for us. And definitely an adventure. <laughs> an adventure for sure. <laughs> well, you also, on top of everything else you have going on, you host a couple of annual sales. Yes, so we do. tell us about that. Yes. So we, um, we have our female production sale every May. Um, and we sell around 80 head in that. And we'll actually have our 35th production sale in the spring. 
um, I say we, I'm, my dad will have his 35th. <laughs> I guess I'll have my 31st next year. Um, and then in the fall, we have our bull sale, um, and we'll sell around 80 bulls in the fall. Awesome. That's great. And you mentioned that you're doing all video this year, so that's yes. something new, right? Yes, new. Um, and, you know, it, we've kind of been teetering back and forth, but it's one of those things. Um, there's several people that have used the all video sales, um, and I think especially on the bull sale side of things, like we were talking about as far as just the bulls getting fired up or, you know, you start getting bulls up and they start to fight or, you know, you can get a really good bull hurt um, or a bull that's, you know, normally great on the pasture. You start getting him up and trying to pin him up and um, running through a cell ring and he'll just get fired up kind of for no reason. So um, I think it'll work great on the bull side of things. I think for the female side, we might um, always kind of keep it just our traditional sale. Um, but we'll see how it goes. We're always up to try something new. And like how we were talking about with the technology and um, all the new things kind of coming our way with agriculture and ranching and all that, it's always neat to try something new. So Absolutely. And you also help take care of some of the office side of the farm stuff, right? Yes, yes. I'm very, I'm very much the um, the computer record keeping, bookkeeping, accounting. Um, I guess you can call manager here at the farm. My husband really prefers to stay outside <laughs> and stay off of a computer if he can help it. Um, so I try in the morning um, and. By afternoon, I like to kind of have my stuff wrapped up, and I love getting outside and riding around and checking cows with John and our kids. And um, But, yep, definitely have to make sure I have all my office stuff rounded up. Um, and I've actually been doing that since I was 16. Wow. So, yeah, we um, I kind of got thrown into it, actually. <laughs> um, we uh, had a need, and I kind of stepped up and had to learn – um, you know, on the purebred side of things with the Hereford and Angus having to turn in birth weights and weaning weights and all that sort of thing. Um, I never had to do that. And so I kind of had to learn and um, actually been doing it since I was 16. So I've just kind of automatically taken on that role, I guess. And nobody has seemed to want to step up and replace me. So <laughs> either I'm doing a good job or just nobody wants that job. <laughs> That's good. What does it mean to you to get to do all of this alongside your husband? Oh, I can't imagine doing anything else. I hear people all the time, they say, oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine working with my spouse. And and I get it. I mean, there are some days, like picture pin day, um, and anybody in the livestock business, they will totally get it. Um, by the end of picture pin day, it's like going through marriage counseling. <laughs> Um, it is, an, it, we dread it, um, every year it comes around, but there is just nobody else in this world that I would want to work alongside. Um, we have the same goals, the same dreams. We just, we love it. We live and breathe it. And, um, the fact that we get to sit and make all these decisions together and, you know, through our ups and downs, you know, we, we have, calves die and you know stuff that happens that um nobody wants to have to go through but we get to go through it together um and you know there's challenges along with it we when we get home we all we do is talk about cows and sometimes I'm like okay 
let's just time out. Let's talk about something else. Let's try not to bring work home. And that's really difficult when you live on a ranch because we literally live on the ranch. Um, And it's our job. And so um, there are some times we have to just step back and take a breather and talk about something other than cows. Um, But we love it, you know, and I just, the fact that I get to spend every day with him working is just something I'm so thankful for. That's great. What role do your kids play in all of this that you have going on? So we have Harper Rose is four. She will be five um, later this month. And then John Owen is 16 months and they absolutely love farm life. Um, they go out and help us check cows and count cows. That's really the big thing. So now that Harper can really count, she can get, get on up there, you know, um, she loves helping count cows and John Owen thinks that he's doing the same. Um, and I always tell people, it's a funny story. Um, when Harper was about two and a half, she would go out every morning in the feed truck with me and I would flip the switch, you know, on the feed and, I would count about 30 seconds in each feed bunk. Well, I didn't pay attention that she was just sitting there, you know, watching and listening to everything I was doing. So one day she starts counting with me and, you know, she's two and a half and she counts like all the way up to 20. And, um, I'm like, where in the world did you learn? And she goes, well, mama, you count to 30. And so I was like, you know what? She's sitting here, you know, watching and listening to me. And so I always tell people, I'm like, it's amazing what they pick up on the farm. You know, just common sense, kind of walking around kind of stuff. Um, And she learned that from, (laughs) she learned how to count to 30 from feeding cows with me. Um, So they are very much involved in everything that we do. Um, And, you know, I hope Harper, she'll be five. So I hope she kind of gets into showing cattle. Um, we're going to try it out and not going to force her to, but with both of us growing up showing, I really hope that, you know, one of them, if not both of them will show, um, like we did, but, um, I just don't think there's any better way you can raise your kids than on a farm. It's wonderful. They get out and get filthy and play in mud holes and help us sort cows. And then they go to school and they talk about, you know, all this farm talk. And uh, I just know one day we're going to get a phone call. But um, (laughs) they at least, all the teachers know that um, we're we're on a farm, you know. So they they understand if something comes out of their mouth that maybe they're not supposed to be talking about. Um, But they're great kids and they they do. They just love it. So it's kind of in their blood. So hopefully they'll, they'll stick around and take over the place after John says, we'll never retire. We're just, we'll just expire on the farm. So (laughs) that's good. (laughs) Um, So hopefully the kiddos will stick around and, and uh, help us out when we get older. So, well, in addition to the ranch, you also have a bull collection facility. Yes. So um, back in 2014, um, we, there was a Gen X facility down the road, um, that we utilized for several years, um, you know, taking our bulls up there to be collected, storing semen there. And, um, the facility actually came up for sale in 2014 and they had approached us about it a couple of times. And John and I, um, we went back and forth on it so much. Um, and, you know, kind of thought we, our, our plate was pretty full on the farm. Um, 
And then it um, it went up for auction. We went up there that day, and in our minds, uh, we thought, okay, this would be a great barn for our donors. Um, you know, there's herd bull runs. We could just, you know, bring our herd bulls up here. Um, so we really thought we could just util- utilize the facility. Um, so we actually ended up purchasing it that day, and we were approached by so many people asking if we were going to, you know, keep it up and running. And we were kind of blown away by that. Um, We didn't even really think, okay, we were going to have our own custom collection place. You know, we've been on the other side of it, but we've never been the ones running it. So how in the world would we even get started? Um, So long story short, we kind of go back and forth um, negotiating on different pieces of equipment and kind of just decided we were going to go all in with it because it was a need for our area. I think the closest collection facility is about six hours away. Um, And then for our friends, you know, east of us, it's even farther. So we decided, you know, what the heck, let's try it. Um, And it has been it has been amazing, the business that we have gotten from that. Um, And we've been so fortunate with it. Um, you know, it's one of those things you can't make people come, <laughs> you know, do business with you. Uh-huh. And so it made me really nervous because I kind of didn't have control over, you know, I can't force people to bring their bulls. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's a people business and it's all about customer service. And people loved the fact that it was kind of a family owned business. We were the ones in there day in and day out running it. Um, and people told us that time after time, you know, they love dealing with us um, and just being able to pick up the phone and call us and say, hey, you know, how did our bull do today or what whatnot. Um, so it's just it's been a great business for us. Um, and it's kind of a great little um, asset to have kind of in the same realm as the ranch and all that, but still something a little different. Um, we can utilize it, um, but we've. Um, we've had some wonderful customers, you know, in the Southeast to really support us. And we have been so appreciative for it. Um, and so we're going on our fourth year and, um, it's just, it's been great. Surprisingly, it's been great. You know, it's one of those things, you know, you kind of take a leap of faith and we kind of went all in and didn't really know how we were going to come out in the end. And, um, John and I have put a lot of work, a lot of time in that place, um, and, uh, it's, it's been really great. Well, I'm so glad. And what advice would you have for someone thinking about coming back to run the family farm or to take on a new business? I know you mentioned you learn a lot along the way, but what would you say to someone thinking about that? Um, I know with a family farm, um, and we, we spoke on it earlier when we were riding around, you know, there's so much wisdom that your grandparents or your parents have um, that I know it's really difficult for them to just kind of turn the reins over. Um, and I think it's important that you, it's, it's kind of a balancing act, you know, um, you want to come in and there's so many things that you see that you want to change and, oh, they're doing it the old way and we need to do it the new way. Or I don't like the way dad did that, or we need to breed this way. And, you know, I think it's important it, just to stop and and really visit with them and kind of see maybe why they did it that way. Because, 
You know, they're the ones that have been in business all this time. So obviously something they were doing was working. And so I get it that there, there is newer ways of doing things or new methods. Um, but it's a balancing act. And I think, you know, you can bring the old in with the new and, um, you know, still keep them very much involved and, um, don't forget, you know, just don't forget why they did what they did because some of the things you might not be too crazy about, but, um, like I said, they've got some pretty, pretty good ideas of why they did what they did, um, and why they're still, and why and how they're still in business, you know? So, um, I think that's so important for, for any sort of family operation, um, and, and just anybody starting their own business, kind of like us with the bull facility, you know, you've got to put the time in and, and, and people want to deal with you, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's mine and John's name on that business. You know, it's not our employees, it's us. And so, you know, if we're not up there, you know, making sure that everything is run as smoothly as it can, if we're not the ones up there, um, you know, talking to the people, um, and getting any sort of feedback from our customers, you know, people, they, they just want to know that you're involved. Um, they don't want to just see a face associated with a the business. They want to know that it, it's personal to them. And I get that, you know, if I can call a place and talk to the owner or, and I know it doesn't happen all the time. Um, but if, if you can get to know a, a face with the name, um, that means a lot to people. Especially in a small town. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and like I said, it is all about customer service. It really is. And, and making people feel like um, you appreciate their business. Um, and I know I'm the same way. You know, I, I want to go to a place that I feel like I'm appreciated. Um, and so it means a lot. And don't ever forget who your customers are. Absolutely. What does it mean to you to live in a small town? Oh, I love it. I just, I love it. And I know people think it's crazy. And I remember growing up with everybody that it's like, oh, I can't wait to leave. And guess what? They're all back here dropping their kids at school off with me. <laughs> and all they say is how much they love living in a small town. And it, it means it's, it takes on a totally different meaning when you have kids too, you know, just living here close to my parents and John's parents and getting to take my kids around the farm, getting to take them to places that I used to go to as a kid. It just means the world to me. Um, and I love the laid back. I just, I love the laid back lifestyle. It's safe. It's, you know, it's just, and it's just home, you know, there's no place that will ever, ever feel like home, like our little small town. And so, just, I can't imagine raising my kids anywhere else. Yeah. It's a pretty good life. Yeah, it is. It is. What's next for Tennessee River Music and even for your bowl facility? What do you guys have on the horizon? Well, so we're, um, we're going to try to expand a little bit at the bowl facility. Um, we, it's a good problem. Um, we have kind of outgrown some parts of our facility. And so we're going to kind of expand some pin sizes and do some rearranging um, on that way as far as being able to, to accommodate more bulls coming in. Um, and so that's always a great problem to have. Yes. <laughs> um, and um, then, you know, for the ranch, um, 
we're just going to kind of keep chugging along. You know, there's just when you think you're got everything figured out, man, you just hit a speed bump. Something comes along the way and it's just like, that doesn't make sense. I can't figure it out. Um, and so just kind of, I don't know, trying to, uh, hone in on our craft as far as breeding cattle that work in the Southeast, we, uh, are kind of in an area, we're in fescue country. And so, um, we, uh, it can kind of hammer cattle and, um, it's very frustrating sometimes because buying cattle from here and there that are naive to this area, um, oh boy, it can, you can pull your hair out trying to figure it out sometimes. And even cattle that are raised right here on Lookout Mountain, um, they can have a hard time with it as well. Um, so just trying to really hone in on developing the perfect, um, or for us, the perfect cow as far as, you know, the conditions that we live in, um, you know, getting her to breed back when she's supposed to stay in, you know, in good flesh on the grass that we have. Um, it's, I don't know if you ever would, you know, get to that point of, of being able to say, yep, we did it. Um, (laughs) I think we would, uh, always keep, keep trying to make them better and better. And, and as silly as that sounds, that's just, I think anybody in the cattle business feels that way. You always feel like, ah, that's not quite good enough. I can always do better. And, and something that, um, you know, we've really started with this being our fifth bull sale. Um, we used to just sell in private treaty and, um, selling about a hundred bulls a year now. And John, John is the bull man. Um, and so he would like to grow that eventually to selling probably around 200 or so bulls a year. We kind of got our work, our way up to it, um, and build some, some newer bull facilities. The two-year-old bulls can get a little rowdy and (laughs) they can have their way with fencing and all that. So, um, but that'll, that'll all come with time. Um, so just kind of maybe working our way up selling bulls as well. Great. Well, how do people keep up with what you guys have going on and where can we find you online? Yeah. So we, um, our website is, uh, tennesseerivermusic.com. Um, and then we have a Facebook page and an Instagram as well. And I try to keep everything kind of fresh and new and, You know, one thing I don't want people to ever think is that I'm trying to cram just sell stuff, you know, at them all the time. So I always try to put um, just interesting things going on on the farm every day. We have a lot of people follow us, you know, who are maybe more from the music side, you know, who want to follow along on the farm page. Um, And so I think it's so important to show them kind of what we do and why we do it just to, you know, show people the importance of agriculture and kind of keep them informed. Um, And so I love using our social media as kind of an outlet for for that kind of thing as well. Um, You know, not just talking about our sales and that sort of thing, Um, but just kind of showcasing, you know, what we do in agriculture on the ranching side of things. All right. Well, we'll be sure to link to all of that in the show notes. Rianda, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I had a great time. It was wonderful. Me too. All right. Thank you. Well, so true how Rianda said moving back to the family farm is exciting and will scare you to death all at the same time. I loved hearing her talk about what it means to work alongside her husband, John, every day and how they're involving their kids in the family business. 
And then also how they're navigating that transition of passing along the family farm to the next generation. Well, be sure to check out our show notes for the links to everything going on at Tennessee River Music. And thanks again to Rianda for being on the podcast. We'll be back here next week. Have a great day, everybody.